The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Indeed, it does. Fast Money does start right now, live from the NASDAQ market site, overlooking New York's very crowded Times Square. I'm Tyler Matheson. In tonight for Melissa Lee, our traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Jeff Mills, Dan Nathan, Steve Grasso. Full-blown food feast on Wall Street. Investors gorging on restaurant stocks today, sending names like McDonald's and Starbucks and Yum! Brands to new all-time highs. The consumer is healthy and hungry. But one trader says get ready to pop the Pepto. Some serious indigestion could be on the way. And speaking of food, Beyond Meat serving up another record high. Can anything stop this sizzling stock? And later on, it's game on as the Fortnite World Cup kicks off. $30 million on the line. And we put Tim Seymour to the test with some of the world's top players. And we'll find out how he did. But... We begin with breaking news out of Washington just moments ago. President Trump talking everything from tariffs to Apple to the dollar to Fed Chairman Powell just moments ago. Kayla Tausche was listening in and she's live at the White House. Hi, Kayla. Hey, Tyler, it was a grab bag of topics for the president on this Friday afternoon, just days ahead of the first round of face-to-face -face trade negotiations since a truce was notched with China at the G20. President Trump injected some pessimism into that outcome. Listen. China will probably say, let's wait. It's 14, 15 months till the election. Let's see if one of these people that give the United States away, let's see if one of them could possibly get elected. And I'll tell you what, when I win, like almost immediately, they're all going to sign deals. Of course, that was the strategy that China employed going into the 2018 midterms. And the truce at the last G20 was not just a couple of weeks afterward. But it's unclear whether the president was saying that because of conversations he's had with his officials to say, don't expect anything big this time around. We know expectations have been tempered. But one thing the White House is not going to be doing ahead of those trade talks is devaluing the dollar. Uh, during a meeting this week, President Trump rejected an idea floated by Peter Navarro, his trade advisor, to devalue the currency to introduce capital controls. Uh, and in that same Oval Office meeting, President Trump said he likes that the U.S. economy is strong, the stock market is high, and that people want to move their capital into the United States. But he expressed some uh, consternation about the the many interest rate hikes that the Federal Reserve has put in place over the last two years uh, and express some envy for what other central banks are doing around the world. And then finally, on Apple, he tweeted earlier today that Apple would not be getting any waivers from forthcoming tariffs if they were to be put into place on smartphones and Apple products. And he said that maybe Apple would build a factory in Texas, that that would be a good thing to do. He offered no more details on whether that was in fact in the works. He said he had a lot of respect for Tim Cook, but didn't say whether the two had actually discussed that. Tyler? All right, Kayla, it was, as it so often is with President Trump, a wide-ranging uh, discourse. Kayla Tausche, let's trade it, guys. Let's start, if we could, with him seemingly lowering expe expectations on a trade deal with China. 
Is that already in stock prices, or is there a way to trade what he said there, casting a little bit of doubt that anything was imminent? Well, first of all, Tyler, welcome to the Thank big you. show on Friday. Good to be Great here. to have you. And, and I think we, we've talked about this. There are times where you almost get the sense the president oscillates between uh, market is in a good enough place where he can actually take the political advantage of actually going very hard on some agenda that politically is very, very popular. So um, what's interesting is to hear the whole dynamic about the dollar. Um, the dollar strengthening. We're near almost two-year highs on the dollar. It's been slowly creeping higher. And if you think about every other central bank around the world, um, and again, he started talking about those banks. Who do you think they're following? They're following the Federal Reserve. And in terms of monetary policy globally set by the U.S. is actually making the dollar stronger. So the dollar is getting stronger. But come back to the, come back to the China question for just a minute. Is that all already in the prices? I, listen, I don't think so. I mean, when you think about it, we have the Fed on Wednesday. That's really going to be the primary focus between here and then. And I obviously think that, you know, rates have moved in front of that. A dollar has not moved, as you might have expected, into uh, a well-defined rate cut. But right after we get that uh, Fed commentary, then it's really all about trade. And so when you think about what he said, he actually said that they're trying to wait it out. I would actually extrapolate that to Tim Apple. Oh, excuse me, Tim Cook, the CEO of Tim Apple. Apple. That's fine. Uh, Tim, uh, Apple. Tim Apple. No, Tim but, Apple's but, just but, fine. But, but think about this. Like if that. you're a company that has spent decades creating a supply chain around cheap manufacturing and emerging markets like in China, the idea that you would change anything in a monumental way before you know what the landscape is, what the trade landscape, before there is a, you know, a really well, we broad, know we, we, you yeah. know, it, so that's not happening. And just, you know, the MacBook right. Pro that they're talking about, they just moved production from Texas to China. They're not going to turn that right. around. Right, but, but what they are doing, what they are thinking about doing is moving from China to India or, or Vietnam, China to or Vietnam. Yeah. And they're going to try to take 15% what does that do? What, but, but, but the point is, what does that do? Diversifies because they're too reliant on China trade. So fool me once, fool me twice. That whole saying, they don't want to let that happen yet again. And this is a stereotypical Trump. Keeping his foot on the gas, trying to put the pressure on everybody, Apple, China, and the Fed. Let's get back to Tyler's question because, I mean, once again, I, I, I think what's very interesting here is Dan alluded to, like, the Federal Reserve is, is it trumps the, the, the trade question five times over. Because if you think about where we are right now, it's really all about interest rate policy. It really is a Fed where 25 has certainly been already given to us, arguably 50. That sets up the disappointment. And, and on a week when maybe the White House then gets more aggressive on their trade rhetoric, not a good comment. And, wh and it, what did the Fed say were the two key drivers of cutting rates? It wasn't exactly global growth. It was trade and lack of inflation. So he has a vested interest in keeping that dialogue and that narration consistent going into the Fed. So, so let's talk a little bit about the Fed. I mean, the Fed is his whipping boy, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and certainly this morning, Larry Kudlow comes out on the White House lawn and he says, basically, there have been seven interest rate hikes uh, that we've had to deal with. That's been a headwind for us. We would have been, it, it has been much harder than it would otherwise be to get a 2.1% GDP print in the face of those interest rate hikes. And, and he said, with respect to Mr. Powell, not a fan. No, that's right. And I think the, the president's going to continue to job on the Fed. But let's be clear, as far as Fed independence goes, this is not new. Presidents have been doing this to the Fed for decades and decades and decades. So I think the Fed is going to do what they're going to do regardless of what the president says. And I think they're going to focus on the ECB. You have this race to the bottom. So they're going to have to keep pace unless they want the dollar to go crazy. They're going to point to inflation. If you look at unit labor costs, for example, productivity has gone up unit labor costs have come down, typically that leads core inflation. So I think what you're going to see as you move into the second half of the year is inflation continue to miss the Fed's target, and that gives them additional cover to cut. He seems very envious of the fact that the, in other parts of the world, interest rates like Europe 
are lower than they are here. He's envious of that. He wishes that he Ridiculous. did not that he had a different guy a at the Fed. He wishes that he had a different dollar to deal with. Is there a trade here well, for listen, us in this? It really is a function of expected growth, and that's what interest rates, you know, with a 10-year at 2%, which was 3%, what, seven months ago. It's like we came out of, we're much further along in this recovery in this 10 years since the financial crisis. And if you think about it in a lot of ways, the financial crisis in the U.S. was a rolling financial crisis. It hit Europe. And some would say, if you look at the banking sector there and you look at the ne negative yielding debt there, it's not out of the woods. And then everybody, the boogeyman, is obviously China. So the fact of the matter is we're 10 years out and we're doing a lot better than everyone else. That's why the dollar where it is. You know, the, why rates are where they are, it makes no sense. So, so, so where the, where's, the, where's the trade? The trade is the buy trade? equities. If you are going to have consistently low and lower rates going forward, then you have to get pushed into the risk assets. Risk assets are the equity markets. That's where you still go. Now, there's no uh, agree. And, and you've got the BOJ next week as well. And, and talk about a race to the bottom. I mean, these, these guys have been arguably fighting since late 1980s. Uh, but certainly, Abenomics has been a massive failure. But it's all a function of the U.S. Fed. Let's be clear. I mean, the fact that Greece trades five bips over U.S. Treasuries is absurd. The whole reason the ECB has the mandate they have is because of Greece in the summer of 2011. So, you know, I, I think you've got a case where, yes, equities continue to be the best place. We've seen the stock market rally at a time when you really didn't have a growth dynamic. And, and the rally that's taken place in the last two weeks, Tyler, is one of significant breadth relative to what we had. That's a place where pullbacks are shallow. So in the minute or so we have left here, we've got a very busy week ahead. Well, there's the Fed, obviously. We've been talking about that. There's the China talks over in Shanghai. We've been talking a little bit about that. And there are, uh, there's an unemployment report that will come out on Friday. And I believe it is next Friday, Apple's earnings. There's a lot to, to, to chew over there. What do we think about Apple? Well, I, I think if you, if again, the issues that where Apple could get thrown into trade war, it was a trade war stock at one point. It's actually shaken that off. Then it's a deregulation stock. I think it's kind of found its way out of that. Apple's going to come really right back to Apple. And I, I'm sure Dan's going to point out the, the, the critical reality of what's going on with handsets. And it's a debate over services growth versus the overall. And then what's the multiple you want to put on this company if you're doing a blended multiple for a services business that's you know, still not where it needs to be. Yeah, but to be very clear, over the last year, the volatility in Apple stock for a trillion-dollar company that's had these peak-to-trough declines of 30%, 20% here and there, it's been about China. And it's about Huawei, too, because Huawei's kicking China's butt in China right now. And we know kicking that. Apple's from, uh, kicking Apple's butt. Kicking Apple's butt. They have four times the market share right there. So when you think about how complicated this is, 20% of Apple's sales come from China. Tim Cook has to play this Tim both Apple. ways. And he's got, he really does have to, he has to thread the needle here. And this is going to be one that I, I think Apple is probably one of the most important pieces of this entire uh, You think trade it's going game. higher? Well, I, I, well, stay tuned. Options action. Uh, that. Well, just, <laughs> just, just quickly yeah, like remember that. how important Apple is, right? It's no longer a growth stock. So if you're playing style value versus growth, yeah. it's now an 8% weight in the value index. So it's very important for value investors right now. All right, let's take a quick break. Now, coming up, Wall Street is hungry, hungry. Hippos, folks. Investors have been gorging on fast food stocks, but could some serious hunger pains be coming their way? We will dig in. Plus, a tale of two stocks, best of times, worst of times for these two names. We will break down today's big movers. And we are live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. 
crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Consumers were the hero. Uh, they had explosive economic growth, I guess, uh, better than 4% at an annual rate. That was White House economic advisor Larry Kudlow talking up the health of U.S. consumers this morning on CNBC. And that healthy consumer has, however, some rather unhealthy eating habits. Just look at the returns oh. on these fast Ooh. food stocks. They love their Chipotle, their Starbucks, their Dunkin', Yum, Mickey D's. All up, double. Look at that's a lovely graphic, it's, isn't it? It's fantastic. That's a cool graphic right there. All so, good stuff. Is this fast food feast going to uh, continue or do we need some... Uh, and acid. I, I think the, the, the tolerance level for, for valuation multiples in this space has is, is become a really the topic because Chipotle at one point was supposed to be giving you the growth. Um, it was a multiple before the food scare that, that you know, somehow was rationalized. By the way, they're supposed to be healthy. Who, who knows? Um, really, the Starbucks, McDonald's multiples are the things that, that are extraordinary. These are companies that traded in predictable valuation ranges for a long time. What's different here is, I think, one, it's a slower growth uh, consistency story with a high div pay, but both of those companies are showing that in their core markets, uh, they're growing same store sales comps. I mean, McDonald's same store sales comps of five percent. It's in, you would have never expected that. Steve Easterbrook's done a great job. And what was the and McDonald's for me was that defining issue was dynamic yield. That purchase, you have seventy percent of the revenues coming through drive-throughs. If you can make that more efficient, it drops to the bottom line. That was the turning point for me. I think you get a multiple expansion there. I think it still goes on. And one of, the, one of the different things that McDonald's and Starbucks are doing when you compare the two, you have these smaller players coming in. You have the Uber Eats of the world doing the whole delivery thing. So McDonald's isn't really moving into that space yet. Starbucks just made a deal with Uber Eats. They have 6% of their revenues in China come from delivery, about zero in the U.S. So if they can continue to push into that space, maybe some incremental rev revenue from delivery versus somebody like McDonald's who hasn't pushed into that space To your yet. point a moment ago, it's amazing that a mature, I mean a super mature company like McDonald's yeah. Keeps churning out these kinds of results, and and he's, as you do, that CEO's done an amazing job. Well, they they've had to refresh the brand, and again, they were chasing Chipotle for a long time, and and I think the, their digital dynamics changing to you know grass-fed beef and 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 kiosks where you actually have a digital choice, and you've given millennials an opportunity. Is there a favorite pick among the uh, among the guys here tonight uh, from this group of stocks? Is there one that you that is a standout to you? Listen, I just want to make one point. You know, Starbucks has doubled oh. in the last year. And, and you know, yeah. so it's gained more than $50 billion in market cap. Okay, so it's doubled. So if you're telling me that that 7% cop in North America, it's truly astounding. Is that the sort of thing that accelerates from here or decelerates? The stock has gone straight up in a straight line from 75 to 100. Now, I've been wrong on this thing for about two months now, but this is not particularly normal price action, especially when you when we're all doing you know, handstands over these surprising comps. So to me, 
I got no favorites here. Um, <laughs> buying stocks that doubled in a year so up Dunkin on a twenty percent spike. You want to? All these names, all these names were tech plays. We've been hearing that for a long time. They're tech companies. They don't have donut companies. So company. they get a growth valuation. Okay. I hear, I hear what you're saying. And they're getting that right now. I hear what you're saying. But when the growth but I think you're looking at it. You're looking at it the old school way, and and, 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 yeah. and you have to look at it a new way. These are growth stocks. This is a digital play. They're no longer just fast food names. They're tech plays. Totally in, different this time. Throw in some munchkins. <laughs> he'll buy. last words. All right. Tale of two stocks in today's session. Google and 3M moving in opposite directions. Uh, let's uh, start, uh, I guess, with 3M. Should we, should we the, the buzz kill there? I'll start there. I mean, yeah, this is a story where the headline looked fantastic. It was a beat for a company that's been downtrodden. The, the multiples is actually not terribly expensive, um, but relative to uh, some of the peer group, it's actually very expensive. They had a divestiture. They had a couple one-off items. Investors were able to read through that. There's nothing in the guide there that tells you you want to get out there and buy 3M. They also talked a little bit about slowing buyback, so that could be some headwind as it relates to 3M. Um, and the chart still doesn't look great. It continues to make lower lows, so I don't necessarily like that about the stock either. So we'd be cautious on 3M here, at least for a while. Google, good quarter, best day in the market in something like four years. What do we think? I'll just say this real quickly. You know, I, listen, in the last four months, this stock has had two massive gaps, one from an all-time high when they reported their Q1 in late April. It gapped down 7.5% the next day. And then this time, it's been underperforming its mega cap periods, the mega names, and then also the broad market, and you have a 10% gap. I don't really love to see eight, $900 billion market companies having that Poor visibility. I, just saying, quarter to quarter, and maybe it's I just not think, I think it's, it's more. I, I think it's more of a positioning issue where everyone shied away from Google. So I don't know if it's on their part or on the investment community's part, where everyone had this sort of position wrong. We've seen that a number of times. You saw it in Disney. You saw it in the overall markets. You saw it in the semis. So I do think that Google has a little further track ahead of it because the positioning was so negative, based on, on everything, all the regulation that's coming down the pike. I think that the investing investment community got. It wrong. Final thought on Alphabet. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I would push back on Dan and say the reason you gapped up eight percent is because you refreshed confidence in the name. Not yeah. that there's a lack of confidence. I, I would agree that the last move was we don't know what's going on with the core business, but I think Ruth Porat and team came out yesterday and sent a message that actually means I think it continues to outperform. The, the, that they did a great job on the call. There's no reason the stock should not be back at the prior highs at 1300 in a relatively stable broad market. All right, you can read all about today's big movers on our website, CNBC.com, and coming up. One trader cooked up a great way to get in on Beyond Meat for cheap, cheap meat. We will break down this sizzling opportunity, plus a $30 million prize pool up for grabs in the Fortnite World Cup right now in New York. And one of our traders got to squad up, as they say, with one of the teams. I'm Tyler Matheson, live from NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Fast Money, back after this quick break. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your 
your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. And welcome back to Fast Money. $30 million is what's on the line at the first ever Fortnite World Cup that is underway at Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York. Our very own Tim Seymour squatted up with some <laughs> of the top players to see what it takes to be a world-class competitor. Think you guys can make something happen with a rookie? Gotcha. Let's do it. All right. I think we have to do this from square one. I hate to, you know, this is going to be probably tedious for you guys. All right, now look straight down and hold W. How do I look down? You're flying the wrong way. Oh, God. Turn around. Turn around. <laughs> Snipers. Get out of there. Snipers. How do I hit the deck? He's going to try to shoot you. Uh, ah, they got him. I'm coming at that <laughs> What do I do now that I'm down? I thrive on positive reinforcement, not negative. So, just so you know. How do I shoot somebody? You gotta find the gun first. You can just Space. walk down. You can just walk down. Oh, oops, I just shot something. Did someone shoot you? Self-inflicted wound. Why am I not dancing? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Those dance moves. <laughs> Victory! Yes! Dude. You never played better. <laughs> Tim, was your avatar wearing Spanx there? Look, that? let's just say that my avatar it wasn't just his avatar a, that was wearing those. A new age way to, to kind of represent and hit the world. But th these kids are unbelievable. And to say that I was a laughing stock, I'm sure that when I left the room, it was comedy. But it was comedy of errors. Very impressive what's going on. And, 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 and the idea of, of video sports as a spectator sport was unthinkable to me a decade ago, but there's a lot of money in it now. Well, first of all, $30 million prize pool. Those three guys, Biz, Saf, Aiden, they're the best players in the world. Ghost Gaming is the best team in the world, and Fortnite is a global sport. Think about the World Cup, and we're starting to hear about uh, essentially the substitution effect or the, you know, the, the decline in watching traditional sports because of this, the interactivity of Battle Royale games. This isn't going away. It feels like, though, and, and that I think there is, you know, I don't know if it's peak Fortnite, but you do see game revenues are declining, and maybe it's because they need a new rendition or a new edition, and that's usually happens in the life cycle of each game. But you're starting to see revenues dip. You're starting to see the Twitch viewers dip. So that's happening in Apex Legends, and it's happening in Fortnite. They as well. were my 13-year-old son and his posse were all about Fortnite yeah. a year, a year or so ago. It's sure. a little bit down. Right. There's Hoodie sure. Man. Yeah. Uh, time for uh, let's. Are we going to go to our final trade now or go around the horn? Oh, it's so. Is that early. what we're going to do? I think you're early here. I want to do EA. Let, a quick thought on EA. Well, yeah, let's go back to February. You know, when Apex Legends announced those new numbers and the stock went from 80 to almost 110 in a straight line over the coming weeks. Um, you know, it's back down towards levels that people didn't expect if Apex had that run. So to me, it's kind of been a disappointment. You may be seeing what Steve's saying is like there's a little fatigue, at least yeah. on that side of feels, the battle. Feels like and EA is up 13 percent year to date and take two has been the outperformer. It's up 19 percent year to date. So you have a bunch of these games here that sort of are, are, are at peak. And, and the, the biggest one is Activision Blizzard, where that one's underperformed. It's only up 3 percent. But you have a, a new Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, coming out in October. Sometimes you see that ramp. 
Steve, you sound like you're gaming so right this now. This guy's man. on the I don't even have the do final trades. my sweatshirt. We've got to do final trades. Tim, let's go around the board. All right, look, I'm going to saunter over to McDonald's and continue to play the kiosk there. That's the game I'm playing right now. Mickey D's, stay in that trade. No reason to get out. Jeff? Take a look at the MLP space. Enterprise Product Partners is the name here. If you look at equities right now, all the yield plays have been bid up. MLP still yield over 6%. Fundamentals are looking a lot better. And you're finally starting to see institutions come back into the sector. So we like it here. Dan? Yeah, OA. Stay tuned. Apple will tell you how to play it next time. Mr. Grasso. Microsoft broke out of that resistance level above 140. Keep it on a short leash. It's been fun being with you guys. Thank you. Tyler, great job. It's hard to get you guys to come out of your shell. I know. That does it for fast money. Don't go anywhere. Options action is up with in two minutes, so stick with us. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.